thank you so much for leading us in worship musically. Please be seated. My name is Dick. I'm one of the pastors here at Faith Covenant Church also, and I want to welcome you all to this morning's worship service. We are truly glad that you are with us. And it's always our prayer that God's Spirit will touch us all in a very special way when we come together to worship Him. Now, some of you have already commented that uh, I seem to have been lazy the last uh, few mornings and failing to shave my upper lip. <laughs> now, there's a little bit of truth in that, but I have to say over the past year plus that I've been ministering with you all, I've, I've really felt a little inadequate. I am the only male pastoral staff member without facial hair. So... I thought I'd give it a try for a while. It's been a long time since I've had a mustache. As a Norwegian Scandinavian, I can't really grow a beard. That just doesn't exist. But the last time I had a mustache was some 10 years ago, and I was amazed. 10 years ago, it was, it was a little darker. You know, now it's kind of the platinum blonde to match the top of my head. So I know I'll have this mustache until Mary Kay tells me to shave it off, which will probably be sooner rather than later is most, <laughs> okay, an aside, we had a youth guy at our old church, and he had the grossest, ugliest looking beard. I mean, it was just repugnant. And uh, we made an agreement that if he would shave it off, people would raise money for the youth program, raised over $5,000 to get it <laughs> shaved off. Now, the agreement was he would keep it shaved off for a year. As soon as I left, he started growing it back. <laughs> Boy, talk about promises. Sorry, I got a little distracted. Easy to do. We are in the third week of a series of sermons titled More Than Gold. And we will be looking at, during this eight-week series, mostly Hebrews chapter 12. And as we talk about more than gold, we are talking about that desire to have more than what might be just earthly here for us. But to talk about what is eternal. Our relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and our relationships with each other here and now, and those eternal relationships that we'll have. Now, the last few weeks, we have been focusing just on one verse. It is chapter 12, verse 1. And if you remember on Vacation Bible School Sunday, we looked at the very first part of that verse, and this wonderful promise that we have that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. In a sense, kind of the idea of the Olympic Stadium with people cheering us on on our faith journeys. But we also saw that those saints could also provide us with wonderful role models as we are on this journey that has been laid out for us. Folks that we can try to emulate, people that we can learn from and learn about in our journey. Last week, Kara did a wonderful job of sharing with us about the middle section of this first verse and the challenges of trying to get rid of the hindrances and sin that entangle us so much in our lives. Hindrances, sin, this is an exhortation. This is telling us we need to change, and that's not always fun, but I really love the way Kara put this passage together. If you remember, she gave us some examples of hindrances that could be messing up our faith journey, our, our desire to seek more than gold. The first one that she told us about was, not quite doing that which God has gifted us to do. And we're all gifted in different ways, spiritual gifts, and we have talents. And sometimes we don't quite find that path for a while. And if you remember what Kara said is when she was growing up, she really, really wanted to be a hurdler. 
And uh, she went out for the track team. And it didn't take her too many races to realize that when she was finishing the race, the officials were already taking the hurdles off where the people had finished before her. She was not gifted to be a hurdler. But she did realize she was gifted to be a wonderful hiker and backpacker. And right now, she and three other adults are with 16 middle school kids um, backpacking in the Goat Rocks wilderness. And they'll be back sometime later today. And isn't it wonderful to see when we have gifts and we use them for our Lord's ministry? And, and Kara recognized that. She gave another example that sometimes hindrances just happen to us. And she used the example of Greg Lamont, uh, the very good cyclist in the early 70s who was training for the 1980 Olympics. And if you remember, the U.S. boycotted the 1980 Olympics because the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan. And so Greg Lamont is much training, and he and the rest of the athletes had done that year. Uh, they simply weren't able to compete. And it became a hindrance for his desire to, to go for literal physical gold, a gold medal. And then Kara talked about the aspect of a hindrance that can get in our way uh, when we take an attitude that everyone else is doing it, so it must be okay. And since others are doing it, then we should be able to do it too. And she used the example of the Russian Olympic athletes right now, who it appears for decades probably been cheating through enhancement drugs or called doping. And just because others do it doesn't mean it's right. I read last week that of the 80-plus member track and field team of the Russians, um, only one athlete so far has been approved to compete this next week in the Olympics. One. Amazing. And doesn't that get in our lives sometimes too? Others say it's okay, and so I guess we think it's okay. Somebody takes a position that seems like it must be okay, and we kind of go along. Well, then Carrie hit the hard one, and that's the aspect of the sin that comes into our lives. Those things that we know simply aren't scriptural, and we battle them, and we struggle, and we just can't get rid of those hindrance that entangle us. A tough passage. A tough passage. And the nice thing, Kara didn't end there because she said we should get rid of these hindrances, but we also should put on the promises of God. Put on his word and know his word. And put on his healing touch. Put on his light and his life as we go on this journey that we are called to follow. Well, I love the fact that Kara said that this exhortation, this, this tough language about sin and hindrances was bookended by two wonderful promises. The first one we talked about that we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, cheering us on, examples for us. And then the passage part that we're going to be looking at today is we're on this path that's been laid out for us by God. And that God knows the path we're going on and he's going on it with us. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful promise? And so we've got these struggles in here we're dealing with, but we know people are watching, cheering us on and supporting us. And we know God is with us on this path. Now, today we're going to look at that part of the passage, but more importantly, another exhortation. We don't get off easy this morning. We're going to look at the issue of perseverance. Now, our scripture lesson comes from Hebrews chapter 12. It's verse 1, and it'll be on the screen as well as on page 1877 in our Pew Bibles. I do encourage you to follow along silently as I read aloud. Now, listen to the words of the author of Hebrews. And hear God's message to each of us about perseverance on the road in which we are placed. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance 
the race marked out for us. Please join with me in prayer. Ah, Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity we have this morning to be here worshiping you with sisters and brothers in Christ. And Lord God, we thank you for your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We pray your Holy Spirit will illuminate our hearts and our minds that we will hear the message you have for us this day, Lord. And you'll allow us to live it out in our lives each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, the Olympics are going to begin in just a few days. Friday night is the opening ceremony of the Summer Olympics. And it looks like Rio is pretty much ready for everyone coming. There seems like there's a few problems still to be corrected, but the Olympics are starting. Now, when we think about the upcoming Olympics, often we think back to earlier Olympics. And as I was thinking about this year, I thought back some 20 years ago to the Atlantic Olympics. And uh, I think that was the last time the Olympics were held in the U.S. And sadly, um, that was a very difficult Olympics. If you think back, a bomb was detonated in Olympic Centennial Park, and hundreds were injured, and one person died. A shadow on the Olympics in the United States. Sad. Hard to believe it would have happened here, and yet it did. Well, there's another sound that took place during those Olympics, and probably only one person heard that sound, and it was more like a pop. And though it didn't cause death and injury, um, for at least the uh, U.S. women's gymnastics team, it could have been devastating. Could have been devastating. If you remember the backstory on this, the U.S. women had never won team gymnastics competition ever. And at the Olympics in 1970 or 1996 in Atlanta, Georgia, after the first night, they were only one-tenth of one point behind the Russians. After the second night of competition, they were four-tenths of one point ahead of the Russians. The opportunity for gold for the first time in history for the women's gymnastics team within their grasp. One event left, the vault. Four of the women had already jumped. The final young woman needed to jump, and she needed a 9.7. That woman was uh, Carrie Strug. She's an 18-year-old young lady, probably weighed 85 pounds, soaking wet, and she was going to vault. I want to show you a brief video. Many of you probably remember this from some 20 years ago. I believe it was July 24th of that year. And here's Carrie Strug as she attempts her first and second vault, knowing that she needs a 9.7. Brings back memories, doesn't it, for many of us? Talk about persevering in the road laid before her. Carrie Strug, 
if you know the rest of the story, she ended up getting a 9.712. Just enough. She said later on that she went up to that first runway to come to the springboard. That was her best event. She had not missed that particular event and that particular spin, whatever one would call it, in four months. She knew she could stick it. But you saw what happened. She hit the first time and she said when she fell back, she knew something was seriously wrong with her ankle. Seriously wrong with her ankle. But she went and ran and did it again. Now, there's four things we can learn from Carrie Strug and her efforts and probably the efforts of all gymnasts and all athletes, all folks who persevere. Things that will help us in our faith journey. The first, it's not easy. Not easy at all. The gymnast and Carrie Strug, uh, Carrie was just gifted as being a gymnast. Her older sister was in a, a gym learning to be a gymnast, but Carrie could simply mimic her efforts and all of the things she did. And the family realized that she was so gifted that they couldn't just leave her there. She needed to go somewhere where the very best of coaches were. And so at a very young age, she moved to Texas and lived with relatives away from her family to be in the, the best gym with the best coaches. Not easy to be a gymnast. It took a lot. Also, she had to have discipline. Discipline. The amount of time and effort that she spent in the gym, morning, noon, afternoon, nights, under the tutelage of probably fairly demanding coaches, her whole life focused on the discipline of becoming a better gymnast. She didn't go to regular school. She didn't go to watch movies. She didn't get to eat like a normal teenager. Her whole life was consumed being a gymnast and the best possible gymnast she could be. Also, all about teamwork. And all about the team. The gymnasts lived together as they were preparing for the Olympics. And though they had their individual events and all that they could do, they also were a team. Now, Carrie Strug very easily could have, after that, that first jump, tapped out. Said, I can't do it. She knew something was wrong. But she didn't. She did that second jump. Now, the injury after the second jump became so severe that she was unable to compete in her own individual events during the rest of the Olympics. So in a sense, she might very well have sacrificed medals because of the team, to help the team get that gold. But she put the team first at that moment. And the final thing, faith. She had faith in her coaches and all that she'd been through, faith in the discipline that she'd been through, that she could do it. And she said that as she was walking down to jump on that runway to run back down, she heard her coach yelling at her, you can do it. She heard the crowd yelling, USA. She said she stopped at the end of the runway before beginning her run and, and just in a very quiet moment to herself said, please, Lord, help me out here. Please, Lord, help me out here. And she said in an interview after that that as she began to run, her ankle didn't hurt at all. Not at all. She had faith. And they got the Olympic gold. She persevered. And for us who are seeking that more than gold, as we're trying to increase our faith, our relationship with our Lord and our relationship with each other, we can take those same four observations and apply it in our faith life. 
It's not going to be easy. There are some folks who teach that once you become a Christian, your life is going to be perfect. Ain't going to happen that way. You know, that's not necessarily scriptural, folks. The promises we have is that God will never leave us, never forsake us. He's going to be with us in those wonderfully blessed times and in those reality times of challenges and pain and suffering. It's not going to be easy. And for some in our world today, the simple fact they're a Christian, they can simply be executed. In other countries, they can be imprisoned for their views. You know, for us, it's getting a little more difficult saying we're a Christian. Sometimes we take a biblical view and share that with someone and they they call us narrow-minded or politically incorrect. Read an article that there's a a church that wanted to have a rummage sale and they were going to put an article in the classified ads of a newspaper and they wanted to use Christian in there and the, the newspaper refused them because Christian would inflame some people in their town. Yeah, not easy. Not easy. And we need discipline too. Just like the Olympic athletes have discipline, we need to be disciplined in our faith journey. That more than gold attitude is more than just Sunday morning for an hour and 10 minutes or an hour and five minutes or an hour. It's a day-by-day discipline of growing closer to our Lord. Growing closer. I did my doctorate in transformation through classical spiritual disciplines. Doesn't that sound like thrills? Yeah. Yeah, the title of my thesis was Parental Transformation Through Teenagers' Transitions. Um, That means when your kids are really messing up, how do you survive? But, hey, 400 pages, I got my doctorate. But spiritual disciplines, they're called that because it is a discipline. You got to do it. You got to do it regularly. And our desire to seek more than simply gold, we've got to work at it with discipline. Third thing, just like the athletes, this is a a team sport, shall we say. We come to faith in Jesus Christ personally, but we don't come as individuals only. We become part of this wonderful body of Christ called the church. We're sisters and brothers in the Lord, and we need to act like it and live it. We hiked yesterday, and if you would ever like to join us in hiking, we leave the parking lot at 8, and uh, some of our, we've only done two, um, but we did about an eight-mile hike yesterday, and <clears throat> other than the six and a half miles of bumpy road, it was a really lovely hike. Um, but uh, at one point, we, we hiked up to this ledge and had a beautiful view of this mountain lake and Mount Rainier right there. And then I looked down, and we could go back two miles or down one mile. Now, you kind of know what that means. You're going to go twice as steep going down, but it'd be only one mile, so we decided to do the twice as steep going down. Now, I'm the one with the fake knee, and I have my, my walker, my sticks, so I kind of go really slow, and I get way ahead of the other folks, <clears throat> and I look up, and I realize one of our members <clears throat> didn't bring her sticks, and she was struggling a little bit. And Rick Jones, one of the folks that joined us, um, walked her down just by being in front of her, just kind of giving her a hand to help her get down this probably 1,000 yards of slippery, steep, rocky stuff to get her safely down that hill. You know, isn't that a wonderful illustration of the body of Christ? We help each other. When we're having difficulty in our lives, we've got others that can come alongside and keep us upright 
keep us from falling on our backside down those slippery slopes of the challenges of life. I don't know how people do it when they don't have the church, when they don't have Christian friends who can uplift them when they're struggling, and be joyful in those wonderful rich times as well. And the final thing, faith. Gotta have faith. You know, this is a faith journey. And just like Carrie Strug had faith in her teaching and her coaching, we too have to have that faith in what we've been learning in our journey. It takes faith. Now, I encourage you to, in our, our persevering through this journey that's been laid before us, Try something new or different. And if you're not praying regularly, give it a shot. Just over the next few weeks, just take some time every morning and pray regularly. Or maybe pick a book of the Bible and read through it over the next five weeks that are left in this series. Maybe take Hebrews. Read through it a few times. Maybe God will speak to you in a rich, wonderful way. Maybe volunteer for a new or different ministry. Just take that step of faith. How about a hard one? Write a relationship that's been wronged. Oof, that would be a tough one. But maybe that's what we need to do. And maybe for some of us, saying yes to that gracious gift that is offered in and through Jesus Christ. Just another step in our journey to be more than simply gold. I want to share with you one last story, another Olympian. This is Sean Johnson, another woman, another gymnast. She was 14 years old. She participated in and was involved in the Beijing Olympics. Um, she was kind of the, the golden girl of that team that year. Um, she was expected to win multiple golds. 14 years old. She won three silvers and a gold. She said she felt devastated. She felt she let the country down, her team down, and herself down, and that she was a failure. Winning three silvers and a gold, and she's 14. She thought she would try to do something very few women Olympians are able to do, compete in back-to-back -back Olympics. Very few are able to do it. It's just too demanding, and it really is a young woman's sport. And so she spent three years training, the discipline of training to try to get in the London Olympics. She shared this in a video about her faith, and, and she said she was miserable, and she was miserable to be around. She was driving herself crazy and those who were trying to support her crazy. She said she was on the balance beam as she was practicing. And she just sensed God telling her, it's okay. You have done everything you need to do in this. It can be finished. She said she felt the weight of the world lifted from her. The weight of the world. And she went on to, to share how as much of a joy it was to receive that gold medal, even though she was disappointed it was only one, she really began to realize that the gold medal was not the end-all, be-all. Not at all. For her, it was a relationship with her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, friends, as we seek to, to have this wonderful journey of more than gold, may that be our attitude as well, to seek that relationship, a growing relationship, with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.